Hi, y'all. Welcome back to Emma's Kin 102 podcast. Today, we are talking to a member of the kinesiology department, Professor Dudley, about a whole bunch of stuff like injuries and research and advice for students in the kinesiology major. Have fun, guys. All right, so let's just start off by hearing what your career title is. Okay, my career title is assistant professor in the Department of Kinesiology. Uh, yeah, that's it. <laughs> <laughs> and what kind of education have you had so far? Yeah, so I have my bachelor's degree in kinesiology mm-hmm. with an emphasis in clinical exercise science. So that was it's like the equivalent of our health professions okay, here. Okay, right. Um, so that I got from Cal State Fullerton. And then I stuck around and did my master's degree in kinesiology, but with an emphasis in biomechanics, mm-hmm. um, which is like what my specialty is, uh, also from Cal State Fullerton. And then I'm working on my PhD right now at Loma Linda University in rehabilitation science, but I'm doing biomechanics research and some new um, like pain processing brain scanning stuff. Oh, interesting. Which is, is that really cool. Kind of psychology related as well then? Uh a little bit less uh I mean there's definitely elements to it, but more like looking at brain activity. So like using functional MRI to measure oh, brain okay. activity while people are experiencing pain or when um yeah, when they're experiencing pain. Wow. Did so. you always know like when you were in college that you wanted to go into teaching or like when you were first getting your kinesiology degree was it more centered, like, oh, I want to become a PT or I want to work with athletes. Yeah. So I originally wanted to be a PT and then worked at a PT clinic for a while and then realized I didn't want to be a PT. Um, and then I went to grad school and was teaching. Like I was a, a, a taught during grad school and that's when I was like, oh, I really like teaching. So that's when I kind of fell into it. <laughs> but before that, it was, it was, I was on the PT track. Right. So. All right. What courses are you teaching at APU then right now? So I teach uh, anatomy and physiology the first semester of the year-long course. I teach uh, two sections of kinesiology, so kin 364. And then I also teach, what else do I teach? Oh, the biomechanics class for our master's athletic training students. So like AT5, 34, maybe, AT534. Does that class involve research then and stuff? There is a component. Yeah. Yeah. So they, it's, um, yeah, we involve research and I'm conducting research outside of class too, but involving students in, in research. So they, they have like a small, like research component, like Mm -hmm. activity or a final project, but they're not necessarily, that class isn't necessarily helping me with my, with your specific specific research? research. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. What is your specific research? That's a good question. Uh, <laughs> well, I'm working on my PhD right now, so it's kind of directed towards right. just working biomechanics. on Biomechanics. Yeah, so biomechanics and the pain stuff. So looking at how, um, specifically, like how pain influences movement and how that is different in people with like chronic pain and who have previous injuries and then like how the brain activity is different in in those people versus brain activity in people who have never experienced like a serious injury before. So like an ACL tear or something. So, which is, yeah. So use combination of like functional MRI to do brain scans and then biomechanics to look at their movement. And then 
I'm still working out the details on what I'm going to work on, but on how it's going to work, but potentially stimulate some type of pain while they're moving and see how that changes during a specific task, like running or like a cut maneuver, and then see how that application of pain changes the way they move. So, so. like, are you going to be looking at cohorts of people who have had serious injuries and then cohorts of people that have not are had, healthy? Yeah. Are potentially. Healthy. Yeah. That's one idea. So. And then is your hypothesis in the research then that people who have gone through chronic pain will experience it more intensely or easily during uh, exercise? Potentially, yes. Yeah. So, or it will affect their movement more significantly than people who haven't been injured before. So kind of expecting to see some like fear avoidance. So if you have like this oh, okay. essentially like memory or experience of pain, then you slip back into like protective mechanisms, which may be um, actually worse for you than just moving normally. So when people typically get hurt, like if they experience like an injury, they maybe like favor one side or something and then they begin limping. So say you hurt your right knee, right? And then like, so that hurts for like a week and then you start limping and then all of a sudden you're like moving awkwardly and then now your like left hip starts hurting, you know, and it's then it's this cycle of you're avoiding movement and then it's kind of psychologically becomes this like whole fear avoidance thing where people are afraid to move and brain activity is different. So right. there's a whole, a whole big thing. So flash <laughs> I got that warning too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so are you hoping then to apply this research to helping people who have gone through chronic injuries, be able to face those fear avoidance things that their movement is correct? Yeah. So ultimately influencing like PT and like rehabilitation protocols, you know, mm -hmm. as opposed like to try to essentially address the whole person. Like a lot of times people are like, Oh, your knee hurts. Like let's, let's like do glute exercises and like, mm -hmm. let's work on the knee. But, like they forget the psychosocial component, you know, which is, Hey, maybe this person's just like afraid of moving, you know, and we need to like clinicians need to address that part too. And so this is like the first step of that process. Yeah. So it's so. like a holistic process. Yeah. That's actually really interesting because I want to go into OT, yeah. occupational therapy. And that seems almost like something that we would do. Like, yeah. Like seeing how their occupation, mm -hmm. like how it affects, yeah, how it affects their occupation. Yeah, And totally. a lot of times that hol holistically looks at a person because it's not just looking at a movement, but like how it, their lifestyle is being affected. Absolutely. So. Yeah, totally. That's actually super interesting. Yeah, it's pretty cool. So I'm still working out all the details, but it's coming along. Yeah, I'm interested to like know how you're planning on inflicting pain on people. <laughs> yeah, it'll probably be a um, like a pressure, like a pressure algometer. Mm -hmm. So you can standardize that. So you like would put it on their thigh or something and then it pushes into them mm -hmm. at a specific pressure that you calibrate to whatever like you push into. All right, tell me when it's a five out of 10, you know, and then they, okay. and then it like administers that amount of pressure each time. So, so it's standardized. So when you're doing research like this, how do you find volunteers? Like, would you be finding volunteers from out of the kinesiology department or just like, yeah, all over. Uh, so it, it depends, like whenever we do research, it depends on like who our subjects are, you know? Mm -hmm. So we've worked with, you know, specific athletic populations before. So like a specific team, you know, and then we kind of like get the coach on board and ask if they want to participate 
or if it's just healthy individuals, we'll just send it out to like the whole university or to people outside the university, you know, and see, uh, and see who wants to volunteer. So typically there's like a little, um, incentive, like, oh, we'll give you like a little gift card for participating. So it encourages people to participate, <laughs> but yeah. Or like kinesiology students are like, we'll give you extra credit if you come yeah. and participate in I our wish, study. I wish, but we're actually not allowed to do that. Really? Yeah. I, especially if it's our study, like I'm not even allowed to recruit. Oh, cause that could be biased. That could like bias a, the, the, it would that's be true. pressure the, the students into participating. Or to like give you a, a specific answer. Yeah. Yeah. So we have to be really careful with that. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So is this the only type of research that you've done or like you said you also worked in a biomechanics lab? Yeah. What what did that kind of research look like? Yeah. So that was uh, a little less brain, a little bit more like mechanical Mm -hmm. stuff. So uh, I actually, we did a, working with colleagues on some like squat stuff. So Mm -hmm. looking at the way that people squat and uh, analyzing um, like squat depth and like different strategies to obtain squat depth and looking at how the pelvis moves. And so we use the 3d motion capture system to look at the way the pelvis tilts at the bottom of the squat, you know, and as people try to go deeper where that depth is coming from, it's actually just coming from the pelvis moving, not from the hip moving, which is what people kind of intend to do when they do a squat. And, uh, so that, and then we worked, uh, we just got one published on the with the volleyball um, athletes. So looking at screening them before the season and looking at what um, specific movement patterns kind of correlate with injuries, and um, so that's one that we're working on. So a lot of that, a lot of stuff like that. So looking kind of doing movement analysis, looking at the way people move, and then trying to figure out what's going on, either if it's going to lead to injury or in the squat one, just trying to analyze like what's going on when these people are doing squats and yeah. What so. kind of movement movements did you find tended to lead to injury? Yeah. So, um, there's some pretty specific risk factors. So in the past, even I was doing a bunch of running related stuff and there's some pretty clear risk factors right. for running related injuries. So like the contralateral pelvic drop, femoral, adduction, um, internal rotation of the femur, Mm -hmm. that like valgus position of the knee, excessive pronation. Those are all kind of risk factors for developing running related injuries. And, uh, some of them are similar for like volleyball players or like jumping athletes that like valgus position at the knee, you know, is like, yeah, that's what causes like the ACL tear risk factors. Yeah. So, so that's what we're trying to figure out, you know, is like, can we analyze movement and pinpoint Mm -hmm. those things and then try to improve performance. So I find that really interesting because I actually was a runner in high school and I have a running background. Both my parents are runners. My younger sister actually is currently experiencing chronic shin splints. Okay. So like hearing about running injuries very much so interests me because I've seen those a lot and I've seen how like improper training leads to injury, especially like being from Washington where um, (laughs) it's really too cold for sprinters specifically to be able to warm up their muscles. Uh So I've seen a lot of athletes get injured because their muscles aren't very warm and then they go to work out and they like push too hard too soon. And then they like strain something or they pull a muscle and just like, (laughs) I see those kind of injuries all the time. Yeah. Running injuries are very, very common. Unfortunately, they're very common. So would you say that those are 
mostly caused by movement or can they also be caused by like impact against the tracks and or like against the ground since that's a very um I would, forceful yeah, impact i would say that both of those go hand in hand so uh no matter what when you hit the ground you're pushing into the ground the ground's pushing against you mm-hmm. it's like newton's law of reaction right so um but it's just a matter of how you deal with those forces that's the key and how you absorb those forces is dependent on your movement so if you have like faulty movement it's going to lead to inadequate shock absorption Mm. which could lead to shin splints and things like that um so yeah so i think they're one and the same the shock absorption plus the movement you have to have the proper movement in order to do that in order to have correct shock Shock absorption. absorption yeah yeah All right. Well, let's end off with advice that you have to kinesiology students. Yeah, uh, that's a good question. I think um, best advice is uh, don't so hit it hard in the early classes. So I'm biased, but especially like anatomy and physiology, (laughs) because it's going to set you up for success later in the major. Right. So hitting that hard, even though it's not potentially it's like not the most like kinesiology related or the most applicable, you know, like if you really set up that good foundation for A&P, then it'll let you go and be super successful later. That's number one. Number two is just like you're doing now, establish a relationship with a faculty member, right? Because that's going to be, that's how I figured out what I wanted to do. Cause I had a relationship with my advisor at Cal State Fullerton. So, um, the more you can come by, say hi, you know, uh, <laughs> And, and do things like that, then we can plug you into research, you know, we can give you, you know, little tips and tidbits and stuff. So, and write letters of recommendation and things like that. So yeah, yeah, those are my big two. All right. Well, thank you for talking to me today. Awesome. You're welcome. Huh?